Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to Lessons by the Lake, the Us We Go Private Wealth Show. I am your host, Ryan Ruff. It's good to be back with you today. And as always, I have my right-hand man and Mr. Bob Bedritus, the Managing Director over at Us We Go Private Wealth. And again, Bob is really known for working with business owners and helping them become financially independent of their business, and he believes that they truly deserve to maximize the value of their life's work. And it's these kinds of conversations that we're bringing to you on this show and in staying in theme with how season two has been rolling along so far we have another great guest that's going to be joining us here on the episode today and that's Allison Torado Allison being an elite wealth manager consultant and Allison and Bob and I are we're going to be diving into this idea and really the concept of of the benefits of working with a virtual family office you know you've heard Bob utilize this term VFO or virtual family office in past episodes if you're a frequent listener here on the show but we're going to be exploring what this means and how it can be leveraged really for business owners out there in today's day and age. But first, let's go ahead and get Bob out here and say hi. Bob, it's good to see you this morning. How are you doing, sir? Uh, good morning. Nice to see you, Ryan. Yeah, Bob, always good to get together with you. We've got a great guest in Allison joining us today. A lot of good conversations around the VFO and that model and where the benefits lie for business owners out there. Uh, Bob, I know you want to share a little bit more about Allison before we bring her out. Uh, but so I'll throw things over to you and uh, and let you guys get into it. Oh, thanks so much. I am. Uh, I'm so looking forward to, to today's conversation. So excited to have Allison on the show today. And Allison and I have been working together. I've known her for a couple of years now, and she is an elite wealth manager consultant. And she's been my coach, my guru. She's walked me through and worked with me on so many issues as we've developed the Oswego private wealth management model for the benefit of our clients. And I, it is so true what you say. We truly want to work with people and help them, business owners to help make them independent of their businesses. And we often work with people who are successful, they have plenty of resources, plenty of money, uh, but they can't help but thinking that something is slipping through the cracks. And they often are asking themselves, am I truly taking care of if, my, if something were to happen to me with my business, with my family? Uh, why am I paying so much in taxes? Um, am I protecting my assets and how can I maximize those those gifts, that charitable intent of mine. So those are the kinds of things that we work on. The bedmark, or, or I'm, sorry, the, I'm sorry, the bedrock of all these things that we do is in, within our virtual family office model. And we've invited Allison Torado on the show today to talk a little bit about, or maybe a lot about uh, the virtual family office and what that can mean and the benefits of that to a business owner. So Allison, welcome to the show. So good to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Bob. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. It's great to be here and it's good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Thanks so much. Well, Allison, before we get started into our topic for the day, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you, the work you do, and why do you do what you do? Sure. Well, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, when I was a little girl, my mom was, she was very much into education and bettering herself. And so she asked a thing a, a lot of parents ask, and that's, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, a singer, a dancer, and in the ice capades. And so here I am. <laughs> so how did I, so how, how did I go from wanting to be that to this? So 
So the short version is I was a music major in college. And after a couple of years, I soon realized that A, I didn't want to be a choir director and B, I didn't want to be poor my entire life. So I found marketing and I just thought it was so interesting. There was this business component to it that I, I just felt found fascinating and it was marketing. So there was this creativity and um, you know, really trying to understand people, which I really liked. So I did the typical thing. I worked in marketing, climbed the corporate ladder, and probably, yeah, it was about early 30s. It was just, it was like, it. I remember leaving the building. So I worked in downtown Minneapolis. I loved working downtown. I remember leaving the building, getting on the bus, and just sitting there and just thinking, I am so sad. I I cannot do this for the rest of my life. I was just like, I can't. I need to find something else. It was, I wasn't having the impact that I wanted to have. And I just wasn't um, doing the things that I felt called to do. So I went on this kind of this crisis of, you know, what am I going to do when I grow up? And um, I read every book as a good fact finder that I am. I read every book on what to do with my life. I volunteered and I finally, I went back to school for coaching and leadership. And that's when it all came together. I was like, oh, this is what I am called to do. So then I found CEG after that. And it was just CEG is the um, firm that I work with who really helps uh, financial advisors just lead a life of significance. And the group, it was just so wonderful because I'm such a fact finder and they just do a ton of research. So it's not just somebody, you know, on a soapbox saying, this is what you need to do if you want to become an elite wealth manager. It's like, there's a, there's a rhyme and a reason. And so it used that marketing part of my brain. And I was also able to, able to help people one-on-one -on -one to grow both, you know, and, and help them. There's always obstacles that come up, right? So help them through the business related obstacles. And then a lot of times there's personal obstacles that people have to get through to really, you know, to uh, become an elite wealth manager, because it's a, it's a leadership type of uh, role. You're not just, um, you're not just advising, you're really leading. So that, so that is why I do what I do. And that's, that's the overall journey. Well, Allison, you said a number of things that really got my attention. Uh, one is with CEG, and I've been a part of CEG for a number of years now. That's how we met originally. And it is the empirical research based on just a mountain of, of empirical evidence and the research that's done that really informed my practice and how we've developed it to this day. And the second thing you talked about was that it you didn't use the word epiphany, but that it was an epiphany for you in that corporate world, thinking about who you are, what you want to do, how, what is your calling, how can you make a difference in the world? And I think that our listeners, our, our viewers, so many business owners can relate to that. They were working those corporate jobs, they were getting great skills from those jobs, and they realized working in that bureaucratic environment and having to get that TPS report in by Friday wasn't, <laughs> the, wasn't the way that they wanted to live their lives. And so I, I can relate to that as a former corporate guy, uh, you're a former corporate gal, and, uh, we, I, and I know so many of our listeners can relate to that. Um, Allison, I know a little bit about you, and I'd like to uh, put you on the spot if I don't embarrass you too much. 
Uh, but there's something very interesting in your background I'd like to ask you to share with us. I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> so fun fact, um, when I had my epiphany of I can't do this anymore with my life, I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll like try out the acting thing. So um, and I'm not in I'm not in L.A. I'm not in New York. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I think, you know, there's like Fargo, the movie Fargo, you might remember drop dead gorgeous like those are big movies right so it was more commercial stuff and so I go to these I got an agent I go to these auditions and it would just be a cat call right everybody I was like everybody looks just like me this is horrible so what I found is that they actually liked my hands more than my face so I got um, I did a bunch of hand modeling and that was that's my claim to fame here in Minneapolis is uh you know Target Daisy Sour Cream uh, lots of lots of hand modeling and lots of videos with it too. Lots of cooking videos. So <laughs> that's well, the fun fact. Well, if I wasn't already, now I'm totally intimidated uh, that I'm speaking to a real life <laughs> hand model here today. Oh, uh, lucky you, Bob. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's awesome. Uh, well, listen. Let's let's start. Let's begin at the beginning, and we're going to talk about a virtual family office. So could you define for us what is a family office? What is a virtual family office? Right. So at CEG, when we, we talk about the family office, so those are for people, those are for business owners. Usually, Well, it could be business owners, people with a lot of wealth, usually 500 million plus in investable assets. So those people have what's called a family office. And that is when a whole bunch there's a there's an office and there are a whole bunch of people working for the family so the people working for the family they can be investment consultants they can be cpas attorneys etc and this is where if the family has any kind of need they go to this office well what we've done is we've said okay what are the best practices? Let's study the best practices of these family offices for people who have 500 million plus and really bring them to the people who they need these services, but they're not gonna pay for a family office. So we say it can be from for people anywhere from 1 million to 100 million in investable assets. And a lot of times these are business owners because that's usually where the wealth is. A family, a virtual family office is kind of difficult if you have less than 10, but it, it, it there can be like a, a short version of the virtual family office for them. So what we, so what these wealth managers do that have the virtual family office, and Bob, I know that you have one, is they work with a team of professionals. And instead of them all being in the same office, they go out, the wealth manager goes out and vets these professionals and says, okay, are these the people with the expertise I need? Are they well known in the community as being really, really good at what they do? Do they work well um, on a team? And these wealth managers bring these people to solve those complex cases for people who have, like I said, about 10 to 100 million in investable assets. Uh, so thank, thank you, Allison. So, so why is this important for a business owner? Why would they want to consider a virtual family office as opposed to just doing everything piecemeal? They have a wealth manager, a financial advisor, they have a CPA, they have an attorney, somebody's consulting them, they have a bookie, they have all these different right. parts. Why would they want a virtual family office? Right. Yeah, they have all the people, you know, why not do it themselves? Um, well, let me give you a little example. 
of why not. Um, so there is a family business in my family. I uh, It started when I was young. I didn't have the, the money to invest, and I'm really glad I didn't. Um, and there is a family member that I'm very close to, and then there's also a step family. So they went into business together. Uh, my family that I'm really close to, they invest, they just invested in it. So they had part ownership, I think about a third and fast forward. And it was my step family that was running this business. So fast forward about 25 uh, years later, there's embezzlement going on. So there's a, there's a lawsuit literally within the family. It's just miserable. And turns out the family member I'm really close to, uh, she got full rights to the business. So now her and her husband are running this business and they hate it. <laughs> it's doing better than it ever has. It's like thriving and they want out. They're not even located by it. They don't, they have bad associations with it. So they're trying to sell it. Well, nobody wants to buy it right now. And they are running around and there's also something with a contract. It's a long story. I'm not going to get into it, but there's all this um, legal stuff going on because there was a contract that was signed by somebody who's passed away and they're still, they're still supposed to do X, Y, and Z. So what my, um, my family member is doing is running around. She's talking to accountants. She's talking to attorneys. She's talking to not just her attorney. She's talking to like multiple attorneys, because it's a family thing. So there's estate planning, there's people who specialize in the type of business. Um, she is, you know, bankers, it's, it's miserable. And she, um, she's smart, but she doesn't have someone who knows something about this, who could handle the whole thing. She needs, and I've tried to tell her this, she needs to work with a wealth manager who has a virtual family office who specializes in this kind of business. I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want anybody to look this up and you know, find out who I'm talking about. So just for you know her own confidentiality. So um and so that's so that's the issue. One more way of thinking about this. So if you were building your dream house, you would want to hire a contractor who is really, really good at what they do. They're, they know enough to be dangerous in all the different things, you know, electrician, plumbing, builder, architect, et cetera, but they know the right people. You don't want to be the general contractor when you're building your house. That would be miserable. So it's really, it's that general contractor role who's really an expert at bringing this team together. And like I said, knows enough to be dangerous in all the different categories and can really make things happen. And so the different, you know, if you think about all the people for building a house, for somebody managing your wealth, it's attorneys, it's CPAs, it's bankers. Um, and, you know, Bob, stop me when you want. <laughs> but just to say, in a virtual family office, it's not only those people who are uh, managing wealth. So what's great is if, you know, I'm just going to share something really quick here um, on my uh, on my desktop. If you look at um, this diagram right here, these are the different kinds of advisors. So you see at the bottom here, it starts at investment advisor. They just deal with money financial advisor, they may do stuff um, relative to wealth outside of just managing money, but it's usually one-offs like, and it's, and it's simple. So it's like, oh, you know what? You need a simple estate plan. Okay, do that. 
There's no real system. Once you get up to wealth manager, you're really dealing with um, what we call the five key concerns of the affluent. They usually have a process. So, you know, as the business, I know business owners are the, you know, who are watching um, these podcasts. And if you think about what's important to you, what we've really found is that through the research, there's five things that are super important to you. One is investment consulting, preserving your wealth. That's basic. That is like table stakes. You've got to be good at that. Uh, the second key concern is tax mitigation and cash flow. The third key concern is wealth transfer. Fourth key concern is wealth protection. So wealth protection has everything to do with making sure assets are not unjustly taken through litigation, uh, divorce. It's all those insurance needs, property casualty, and then there's charitable intent. And that's just maximizing charitable intent. So at this wealth manager phase, there's usually a process in place to help clients. So it's not just this ad hoc one-off. Here is a process um, that we use and we really help with those five key concerns, but there's even better. <laughs> and that is their virtual family office. And these people are known specifically, usually they work with business owners, especially going through an exit. And they will, you know, if you think about a family office, you know, if you need at a family office, if you need somebody to pick up your dry cleaners, you're going to call them, say, hey, find me somebody to pick up my dry cleaners. So in a virtual family office, what I found is that um, the wealth managers that I work with, they, they find things that really resonate with them outside of um, wealth. So they might find somebody who is in concierge medicine. Uh, they might find a partner that they work with who I know one guy who loves golf so much. He wins things. He's so good. Um, but he really uh, he has found the best of golf pros in his area. And if, if one of his clients wants a lesson, he there you go. Um, this could be jets. This could be a whole wealth of things besides just um, uh, your wealth that they manage. So that is. Um, that's kind of the hierarchy, as we say, of the uh, virtual family office. And why would you want to work with a virtual family office? Well, gosh, you know, every good CEO knows like delegate, delegate, delegate. You should only do the things that you love to do and are really good at. And there's only so much time and energy in a day. So get a wealth manager. It's so worth the value if you find if you find a good one like you, Bob. <laughs> uh, thanks, Allison. You know, Allison, what you say resonates so much to me. I hope it does to many of the people listening to this podcast or, or viewing it. And, and that is the, the whole idea of having that general contractor, somebody who's looking out for you. Um, I sincerely say that for my clients, there's not, nowhere I won't go, there's nothing I won't do, and there's nothing what I won't say to help enroll them into a vision bigger than themselves. I find so many times we're so caught up in our businesses and paying the bills and taking care of payroll and there are HR issues and there are vendor issues and then God knows there are supply chain issues today and all kinds of crazy things going on and you can lose sight of the forest for the trees and not really see that vision of what's possible. And for me, our process, we call it the blueprint process, it takes through that that system, it's a progressive, systematic way of making sure that we address all of these issues. And you're exactly right, those five key concerns, making smart decisions about money in terms of investment consulting, 
mitigating taxes and, and taking care of cash flow, protecting the heirs and, and wealth transfer, uh, protecting the assets against unnecessary litigation or divorce, and then maximizing those charitable gifts. That's the process. And that's the process every great virtual family office, every great wealth manager goes through to make sure that he or she is taking care of their clients in those areas. I recall not that many years ago uh, where I brought in a pretty significant client in terms of complexity. There were lots of crazy things going on in this individual's life. And after we had been working together for a little while, uh, he said to me, and, and you know, at the risk of, of tooting my own horn too much, but he said that, you know, Bob, before I met you, and I was working with another financial guy and had all these pieces together. When I was dealing with significant issues, I never knew for sure who to call. Mm. Do I call the attorney? Which one? The business attorney, the state attorney? Do I call my CPA? Does my wealth manager even know what's going on here? And are these, do these people even know each other? Well, he said, well, now I know, Bob, you're the general contractor in, in your terminology. He goes, I, Bob, I always know you're my first call and you will make sure that we get to the right people every, that, that need to be involved to take care, take, take care of whatever the issues are with a vision, that long-term vision, always in, in mind, top, top of mind and front and center in what we're trying to accomplish. Hmm. I love that. That, that is such a compliment because that's exactly what you want. And there's something that you said too that I think people lose track of, especially business owners who are so busy. And that is, you know, what we've done with the research is we found that you're working with people who have enough wealth, they can get, they can buy anything they want. They have all the toys in the world, but what they want is to really feel fulfilled in life. And if you are working, and sometimes I think this um, term gets thrown around too easily, but it's truly incorporated. So the, the wealth managers that I work with, what we teach them is that you have got to know that client better than you know your spouse or as good as. You need to understand what their values are. And everybody has different values. Values are the things that determine your behaviors and you don't even realize what they are. Those need to become explicit. You need to get to the heart. There are some um, clients of yours that I'm sure everything that they do, it's all for their family. That is their biggest value. I want to take care of my family. I want them to have the education. I want them to have the experiences. I want them to not worry about money after I pass away. For some, they like want to be self-actualized. They want to open up a nonprofit of their own or help a nonprofit or, or some people just want the time. And when you know, when you have helped somebody become explicit with those values, then it's so much easier to make the right decisions for them. Because like, if you, if you knew, let's say that one of your clients, he loved his job so much he says a scientist, he just wants to work in the lab, working in this, doing the science. Right. And then he comes to you with this like opportunity to do real estate. And you, you're like, you do realize that's going to take away your time to do what you actually love to do. It's a 10 minute conversation. He shuts it down because he's like, yeah, I don't actually want to do that instead of getting lost in the mucky muck of all the details. So you really do help these people when it's the right wealth manager, they ask you the right questions. We're not talking 10 questions. We're talking like 65 
to a hundred questions. Like they are always getting to know you and making sure that they're making the right decisions about your wealth. And when you do that, you can help you're all, you're that general, you're like a general contractor on steroids. You're actually help, you know, your, your dream house is going to be even better than you thought it was going to be. So I think that's really, really important. Yeah, no, that's so true. I'm in, in our, in our process, in the blueprint process, we actually have a list of 61 questions. <laughs> so I might be slacking. I'm not getting up to 65 or hundred, but we have 61 <laughs> questions and it's not as daunting as it seems. Uh, we're no. able to, we're able to navigate that and get through that in uh, under 90 minutes. I know that's an hour and a half commitment, but that first meeting is so critical. And then what we do from that is we go back and synthesize all of that information in categories, values of the client, the goals of the client. We take a look at who the other advisors are. We want to take a look at relationships, family members, uh, key employees, significant relationships. We want, we do look at where the assets are. And honestly, I find that that's generally when somebody calls a financial advisor, the first, second, and last question is how much money do you have and where is it? Let me see it. Uh, we get that in the process, but it's not in the, even in the first four or five things we talk about. And then we'll talk about interests of the client. Again, dreaming, calling, what do they want to do with it with this you know we often use the uh, the metaphor of a three-act play you know the first act where you develop your skills you go to school you get your education you figure out who do you want to be when you grow up that second act where you really hone your skills and you grow within that uh, and build that business and grow that job and then that third act is where you self-actualize and you have that vision and you've and you feel that you really are be, being able to take care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make a difference in the world. And as anybody listening knows, who's been to any three-act plays, third act, that's where all the action is. That's, <laughs> that's where all the action is. And I just, I say, that's the vision. Just, just let's embrace that and let's get there. Because a third act can be the most exciting act. That's where the, all the action is. And so many people, we say they retire from something and to nothing. It doesn't have to be that way. All the action can be in that third act, should be in that, in that third act. Oh, that is so wonderful. You're, you know, it goes from like having conversations about, well, when you retire, are you going to have enough money? When you're, when you're heading up a virtual family office, it's like, what are the dreams? You know, what, what? <laughs> Where, where do you want to make a difference in the world? What a fun conversation that can be. It, it, and to have that partner, to have that general contractor that you can call up when you're literally thinking about this stuff. I've had um, some wealth managers say that they feel like um, their clients said to them, you know, you know me better than my priest. <laughs> um, that's the relationship. And so I think too, for people listening to this, like they're, you know, you might be thinking as a business owner, or maybe you're kind of thinking like, I should get my business ready to exit, even though I don't know if I'm going to exit or not. Ask yourself, like, does your wealth manager ask you questions that are probing, that are deep? Does your, did your wealth manager um, bring you and your, if you're married, your spouse together, where you learn new things in this conversation? You know, Bob, I'm sure you've gone through um your blueprint process, asking all these questions where one spouse will look at the other and go, 
I didn't know that's what you wanted. I mean, you learn, you know, you learn stuff about um, each other. So ask yourself, have they asked you probing questions? Have they done the what ifs? Like, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? What you should know what your plan is for all the what if, what ifs in life. Um, and then also the, the third thing really to ask them to see if you're working with the right person is, do you have a network of professionals that you're close with? They should say, yeah, um, not only are we close, we're a team and we work together to do consulting on our clients. As, you know, we work together as a team. So those are kind of the three things to ask yourself. Um, if you have, you know, if you have uh, an investment advisor, uh, a financial advisor, a wealth manager, or a virtual family office, and then, um, but one thing too that you mentioned when, when you know when you ask those sixty-four questions, what I think is really important is if you look at those family offices, those again, those pe- those offices for who that are for people who have five hundred million plus. What they usually do is like you know once a year, once every three years, they'll bring in a consultant to do kind of an audit. Um, They also call it a stress test, which is kind of a, it's hard to say stress test because those words just imply stress and testing, you know, it doesn't feel good. But what they're doing is saying, what have we missed here? Are there opportunities that we're missing out on? Or are we taking on too much risk in some area? So what, you know, if, So say you're a business owner, you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking like, um, I'm nervous about the advisor I'm working with right now. That person might not be the right person. And and the research says that it's like over 50% of uh, the affluent feel like they have, actually, it's more than that. I think it's like 70%. Oh, I got to get my percentages right. But it's, I think it's pretty high, like 70% or more think I might have outgrown my advisor. So what you can do is meet with somebody like you or another person who has a virtual family office, have, you know, have that person ask you the questions and then they're going to, so like Bob, you can say, Hey, um, let's take a look at where you are, what your goals are and identify the gaps. That's the stress test. Like, let's see where the gaps are. And so you know, there's different options. Sometimes people will, uh, the client or the process, you know, the, the client who's curious if, if they need to change, they'll, they'll find out that they're actually fine. They're taken care of, or they might find that, um, let's say Bob, maybe this is a person who you don't specialize. And that's the other thing about, uh, wealth managers who want run virtual family offices. They don't work with everybody. So if you're not, a good fit for them. Maybe they found some gaps when they do, they've done the questioning. They'll just they will recommend them to another advisor. I have wealth managers who have a whole slew of other advisors they send people to if they're not the right fit for them. And then you know the third outcome is maybe you you can help maybe that person that you've done the stress test with or you've gone through the with Bob the the blue I think it's the blueprint uh, consult. Uh, maybe you move forward together. So doing a stress test or just meeting with a ver- somebody in a virtual family office, you can figure out like, do I have gaps or don't I? Well, that's, that's, that's exactly right. And that, and you've just described uh, the blueprint process or the wealth management formula for us. And a couple of things that you had said about, uh, I, I get so much joy out of, uh, 
some of the times that I'm meeting with couples going through the process of asking the questions and developing my, you know, within rapport, understanding who they are. And I can tell you that as so many, many times, as you said, Allison, one of the spouses will turn to the other and said, I, I didn't know that after 40 years of marriage. I didn't, I didn't know that. And they're always positive. Uh, uh, disclaimer, I am not a marriage counselor, but I will tell you that in my judgment, um, I think our process help, helps make marriages stronger uh, because people get on the same page. They, the ships are aligned. They're, they're, they have uh, common and mutual goals on things. Mm -hmm. And the other thing uh, that actually kind of gets me excited, when somebody's very reticent about, about the transfer of their business, and a lot of our work is very focused on exit planning, succession planning, and they're worried about uh, fearful in some ways, really, of what am I going to do if I sell this business? This has been my life. This has been my identity. These are my relationships. And, the, and when I hear something like, well, let's see, after I walk the dog, go to Target and Costco, not too sure what the rest of my day is going to look like, <laughs> um, I get excited. We, we work on that. And of course, the answers are the client's answers, but I, there's some, there's, there's this light, amazing life of significance out there for these folks. Yeah. Allison, could you walk through the, um, the wealth management formula, which is our blueprint process, and talk a little bit about what that is and how that works? Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to actually share my iPad here. And I'm just going to walk through what wealth management is, because this is just, this is such a clarifying this is just a very clarifying way of like, okay, what is it that separates Bob or other elite wealth managers from the pack? And it's because they have a system and it's because they know exactly what wealth management means to them. Okay, so this is what wealth management is. And excuse my handwriting on my uh, uh, iPad. It's okay, but it's not the greatest. Okay, so wealth management equals investment consulting. Okay, investment consulting, that's just table stakes. That is what every uh, financial person should be able to do. 100% of them do investment consulting, some better than others, okay? Plus advanced planning. This is what really differentiates wealth managers, uh, virtual family office practitioners from the rest. Um, plus VFO team. Okay. So the VFO team, that's what we were talking about before. That is just the, the team of professionals that the uh, elite wealth manager works with. And that can be anything from, you know, CPAs, attorneys, bankers, et cetera. What I want to really do is build out this advanced planning. What is advanced planning? And we found about 6% of advisors do advanced planning really, really well. So advanced planning equals wealth enhancement. What is wealth enhancement? It's a fancy terminology for tax mitigation and cash flow. So as investment consulting, we really found is like usually the first key concern when talking to an advisor, wealth enhancement is the second key concern. Plus, wealth transfer. 
Well, transfer is simply taking care of the heirs, taking care of the family, estate planning, that sort of thing. And that is the third key concern we found with uh, business owners and the affluent. Plus, wealth protection. So this is making sure that assets are not unjustly taken, whether it be through litigation, divorce, this is every insurance need you can ever imagine. Um, that's wealth protection. And that is really the fourth key concern. And then finally, we have charitable giving. And this is all around maximizing charitable intent as much as the family is inclined toward charitable giving. So that's really the fifth key concern. So that this right here is the wealth management formula. And, you know, we've used the term general contractor. Also, we've used the term before that I think kind of resonates as CFO. So if the business owner is the CEO of uh, their life, their finances, um, the wealth manager is really the, the CFO of their life. So that's the wealth management formula. Wow, fantastic. And I really appreciate you all actually writing that out for us, Allison. Um, this was perfect. I just love this conversation today. I think we covered everything that we, uh, the work that encompasses the work that you and I have done together. Um, is there any parting thoughts you would want to leave with, uh, with me or Ryan or our audience? Uh, because I think we've really hit every high point. I think so too. I think the big thing uh, for our audience is really to think about where do you want to be in five years? If you want to, usually people want more. And if you want to have that life of significant and significance and you don't want to do it on your own, it doesn't, you don't have to invest more than say an hour and a half to just meet with somebody and do a stress test. Like it's so worth it to see if you have gaps and to find someone who can really help you to live that life um, that you want becoming independent of your business. Uh, so that's what I, that I'd want to leave our audience with. And Bob, it's just been such a pleasure. Um, I've, you know, working with you over the past couple of years, and now we got to do a podcast together. I mean, what could be better than that? So uh, not, nothing <laughs> in, my, in my book. Thank you. Thank you. Allison Toronto. Thank you so okay. much for being a part of the Oswego uh, Private Wealth Show Lessons by the Lake. Uh, so excited to have had you on today. And I, I hope people found this conversation as valuable as I did. Uh, if somebody wants to reach you, if they're intrigued by what you're saying, uh, how can somebody reach you? Uh, a Torado at cegworldwide.com. Or, you know, also just go to the CEG website. Um, it's, I, I love, <laughs> I have never been this much of a proponent of any company I've ever worked with before. I love CEG. And uh, their website will give you kind of an inside look into like, what does, you know, what does this elite wealth manager thing all about? We're really helping elite wealth managers to help business owners just like you. And we really believe that we can in, help um, wealth managers to inspire their, their clients and not just, not just do investment consulting. So that's, yeah. So cegworldwide.com. Oh, fantastic. And listen, this is this is a podcast developed for an audience of business owners or high net worth individuals. And um, 
I couldn't be happier that we can get that information out for you because I feel that this is underserved. As you said, only 6% of advisors really can handle the advanced planning. And I would like to see my profession elevate and more people able to be to bring this in. And so we're happy to promote you, Allison, and CEG and the work that you do. And I think uh, the, our clients, uh, the community of business owners that we're trying to, that we're serving uh, will be better served if more people are versed in this kind of work. So thank you so much. Ryan, I'll just turn it back over to you. All righty. Thank you, guys. Great conversation, Allison. Huge takeaway there on just that idea of, of the general contractor being your wealth manager to facilitate all these conversations among the different parties inside of a VFO. A lot of great takeaways. And and Bob, a final question to you before we wrap up. Let's say somebody out there in the audience that that thought resonates with them. And, and like Allison had mentioned, maybe they're taking that internal look at the current service they're being provided by their financial advisor, by the individual that they lean on for help with these things. And let's say the idea of that VFO model intrigues them and they want to go through a stress test or they want to just talk to somebody about this. Bob, what would be the easiest way somebody could get in touch with you and your team to just open up that dialogue? Uh, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. Well, first of all, if you're in that situation where you're considering where you're a business owner, whether you're thinking about selling in a year or 10 years, and you're just in that position where you just say, uh, this podcast raised a lot of questions. I'm not sure that I'm not a little bit nervous about some of the different pieces of my financial life. I would suggest that they can reach that they would reach out to me and I'd be happy to walk them through the blueprint process, which is that discovery meeting or that connection meeting where I'll, I'll ask those 61 questions will take the time to really understand your goals, your aspirations, your values, your, your other advisors, your vision, your interests, your, the process to use. And from that, that's step one, we sit down and have that conversation. Step two, I will then produce a mind map, which is your life on a single piece of paper. And then a second mind map from that that addresses those five key concerns of uh, smart decisions about money, taking care of the heirs, mitigating taxes, protecting your assets and magnifying your charitable gifts. And we'll put that all in a couple of pages and then a follow-up report to that. There's no charge for that work. I will do that for any qualified business owner who's looking for this kind of expertise and this kind of work. And then from that, and Allison alluded to that a little bit earlier, from that, uh, the only decision we make from those meetings is, do we want to engage and meet again? And one of a couple of things can happen. Number one, uh, we feel that this is a good fit. There's a real value to working together and we'll, we would continue then to work together. Uh, number two, under no obligation, is maybe for whatever reason, one or both of us feels it's not a perfect fit, but we've identified some gaps in their planning and to which point I can recommend them to another elite financial advisor who can help them in that area. Or third, they might look at everything and it happens occasionally. I just say, this is great. You've got everything locked down. Everything's working well. There's no reason for you to make any changes with the advisors that you're working with, including your current financial advisor. Uh, best way to reach me always is through our website, oswegoprivatewealth.com. Uh, you can uh, contact us through that phone numbers, email addresses, so on and so forth. So uh, we would love to have those conversations with anybody who's even a little bit intrigued by this process and would like to talk about it. 
Fantastic. Thanks, Bob. And we had that information there at the bottom of the screen, folks. But uh, look, uh, we really want to take one final moment and say thank you to Bob and Allison for carving some time out of their day to jump on board, share their wisdom with us surrounding this idea of the VFO. And then additionally, I want to thank you guys, our audience, for stopping by and being with us here on the show today. If you took anything away from today's discussion, you benefited from it in any way, shape, or form, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you checked us out on today. That way you never miss out on another great wealth management conversation with Bob, myself, of course, one of our great guests that we've been having here in season two of the show. A lot of great value we're bringing to you on this show. We'd hate to have you miss out on any of those good conversations. So for Bob, for Allison, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Lessons by the Lake, the Oswego Private Wealth Show. Oswego Private Wealth Management podcast may have been previously disseminated by Bob Adritis on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Bob Adritis or his guest as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only an expression of his or his guest's opinion. Vedritis' opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither Oswego Private Wealth Management nor its affiliates warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Vedritis and Oswego Private Wealth Management are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided. Investment advice offered by Oswego Private Wealth Management and does not guarantee any specific outcome or performance. You must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned by Bedritus or a guest. Before acting on information you hear, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. This information is for general purposes only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Oswego Private Wealth Management does not provide legal, tax, mortgage advice or services. Please consult your legal tax advisor regarding your specific situation.